0: Good day to y'all. It's an exciting day here at the Get Into Highland Show, where we have some great conversations with business owners and other members of our great community. Today, I'm blessed to have Chris Conrad, the City Manager of Highland, with me to discuss some of his latest adventures of 2023 and what to look forward to in 2024.
1: Chris, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for coming. So, who is Chris Conrad?
1: All right, well... Uh, as a lot of people know, I've, I've been with the city since uh, January of 2000. I started off as a police officer, uh, worked my way up. I was chief of police when uh, Mark Latham retired, and then I stepped in as the interim uh, city manager after Mark left in November of 21. Uh, I'm sorry, November of 20. Uh, and then I took the role full time in uh, May 1 of 2021. So I've been serving as a city manager full time since then. So... Uh, married uh have have two kids both graduated from highland they're they're out now so uh we got one in college and one in the coast guard
0: very so, nice where are they where's the college
1: uh college uh, so one's going to swick uh for nursing uh getting her she's still uh she just graduated uh, a year and a half ago so she's uh in her second year at swick for nursing uh then my son stationed out in portsmouth virginia on a coast guard cutter mm-hmm. so
0: Do you get to go visit
1: we did, we did. So we actually got out for uh, Christmas this year. We got to go out for a week and visit and see the area. Uh, yeah. And so it's, it, he seems to be enjoying himself. It seems like quite an adventure.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really good. And Virginia is a beautiful state. Um, so what encompasses the role of the city manager? So what's like a day in the life of?
1: Sure. So uh, city manager, former government, it's a little, little unique in Illinois. There's only a uh, uh, there's not that many communities that do it uh, comparatively to how many communities we actually have. So uh, the easiest way I can describe it is, is if you think of how corporations are structured uh, city manager, form of government would be like a corporation. So the city manager would be the CEO who's responsible for the day-to-day operations, uh, uh, hiring, firing discipline, that type of stuff within the city. Um, and then the council then serves as the board of directors. So they set the policy and, and rules. Uh, and direction that the city manager is supposed to then uh, uh, take as their marching orders and move forward and, and enforce across the city. So, uh, but it's, it's a fun job because you obviously never know what it is you're going to be dealing with coming in. Highland's pretty unique. We offer a lot of services from uh, electric to water, sewer, police, fire, EMS. And so that, that's pretty unique in, in the municipal environment. So,
0: yeah, I'm sure that that's a very busy day. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and you kind of explained how you got into it but what's what was the passion to take this responsibility level
1: well so uh, kind of interesting it's it's uh, I, I don't like to say that i kind of backed my way into it but it's uh, uh it would just seem like a natural progression for my career mm-hmm. um, while I was a police officer I, I went to law school got a law degree i uh, so I then kind of took an interest in both employment law, and then also municipal law, uh, which kind of fed into the city manager role, uh, even more so than, than the chief of police job that I was doing. And so uh, Illinois is a bit of a unique state to try to run a city government in because the laws are constantly changing and the rules that you're supposed to follow are always changing. And so you've got to have a, a fairly good understanding of how uh, what municipalities are supposed to be doing to make sure that you're doing it right. Yeah. And, so, uh, and, and I, quite frankly, I really enjoy the variety uh, because you never know, you know, uh, one day you may be dealing with an issue regarding streets and the next day you might have a complaint about uh, something in public safety. You might have a complaint yeah. with water or sewer service. And so it's just a, a very interesting, uh, unique variety that you get every day. And so.
0: During the recent, we've had some recent, very cold weather here. Did that cause some issues in the community?
1: Uh, a little bit, yeah. It, it, so salt, you know, doesn't work when the temperature gets down below about 15 degrees. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we've, we've had a couple of uh, years here where we've had some extreme cold temperatures and a little yeah. particip- precipitation that comes with it. And so that makes that challenging for our street guys. Uh, Because you know the traditional method of just dumping salt on top of it to to uh, melt things off and and make the driving surfaces safe doesn't work. So you know you got to take some some other measures. Um, You know this past Monday uh, was a great example. We had a an ice storm that hit about three o'clock in the morning, and we were in a very unique situation where temperatures were were slowly rising towards freezing, but they had been so low for so long, so many days before that the precipitation that was coming down actually wasn't sleet, it was rain, but the rain was hitting the ground, which was at a very low temperature, and so then it was freezing after it hit the ground. So almost like an ice rink, it was freezing from the bottom up. Yeah, it, and was, so,
0: it was a circus yesterday.
1: <laughs> yes, it was, but we, we uh, our guys actually got out, and uh, they had talked about it in-house, about what they wanted to do, and they got out ahead of the rain, and put salt down on the street before it started raining. So we kind of had a layer of salt between the rain and the street. That helped out immensely because we kind of had a a little bit of a base thaw Mm -hmm. that was happening uh, underneath the rain that kind of prevented it from icing over as bad as some of the other communities saw. Uh, So we were pretty fortunate there. Our our guys uh, take a lot of pride in they're constantly watching the weather reports, when is it gonna hit? you know, based on the conditions, does it make sense to pre-treat, not pre-treat, you know, and so they, uh, I was very proud of the guys, they did a great yeah. job yesterday.
0: Yeah, they, most of the streets coming into town were, were they were fine, I drove, drove slow just to be cautious, but the side streets, and you're in the, if you're in the country, and that, it, it was very tricky,
1: so. Yeah.
0: Um, so, in, you brought a, a, quite a bit of information here on the city, um, I'm going to let you, you uh, Pick a topic here. I don't know what your favorite one of these are, but go ahead and pick a topic of these and give us some information on what to look forward to in 2024.
1: Sure, sure. So uh, first I'm gonna give you a little bit of a sneak peek of some information I'm gonna share at our, uh, we have our annual employee appreciation uh, and awards banquet coming up here in about two weeks. Uh, So I'm gonna share a little information that I always share at that event. uh, And that's just kind of a recap of what all we did to serve the citizens in 2023. So uh, this past year, our street crews laid uh, 200 tons of asphalt, both in repairs and replacement of roadways. They poured over uh, 1,100 cubic yards of concrete. And so that's pavement patching, curb and gutter replacement repair, sidewalks and ramps, Um, matter drive, which is over by ADR, uh, Langhauser Sheet Metal Trow. Uh, We just finished a major road reconstruction project there. That one was sorely needed. That road was in pretty bad shape. Uh, and then of uh, probably the biggest interest to most of our citizens, we completed the Veterans Honor Parkway Rehabilitation Project. So I don't know if you recall, but that section of roadway between Broadway and uh, Michael Road, if mm-hmm. you drove over it, it had the thump, thump, thump noise. And yeah. so that section of road was built back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yep. Uh, so it was poured at a different time than the rest of Veterans Honor. And so back then they thought that if you poured it thick enough you didn't have to put the rebar tie-ins in and so that thumping sound was actually the concrete panels were rocking as the, as the cars went over them yeah and so uh, what we did was we hired a company that came in and they uh, uh, cut out areas in between the panels and then set uh, rebar in uh, and then poured like a, a, a concrete epoxy uh, over the top of it to kind of lock those panels together and that's how you cure that so fortunately they don't do construction like that anymore so it's Not going to be an issue for any other projects but that was the last one that we had i don't know if you remember croxler avenue was actually built around the same time and we had to do a repair there several years ago as well so but uh very glad to get that one done i know that one uh, a lot of the 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 citizens were probably glad to see that one done that was kind of an annoying feature
0: i think there was they had the railroad tracks were shut down because they were doing repairs on the railroads at the same time, they shut Veterans Parkway down, and there was something else that. So there was some obstacles to get around for a the, time there. <laughs> yep, so.
1: a lot of construction going on, a lot of yeah. a lot of stuff happening in uh, public works. So um, a lot of people probably don't get to see this unless you spend a lot of time out the lake. But uh, the old city reservoir, which sits directly behind the water plant, mm-hmm. uh, we did a spillway replacement uh, between the old city reservoir and Silver Lake. So the city reservoir sits quite a bit higher elevation than than Silver Lake does. It, so there's a, a spillway <clears throat> that had been eroding for quite some time. And so it was, it was definitely in need of repair. And so we just finished that project, um, which was needed. So now um, with it being completed, we actually have a walkway over it. So now we have an actual true walkway that goes all the way around the old uh, reservoir. So hmm. kind of a neat walking path uh, that I, I once folks, I think, know that it's there. Uh, It's a gorgeous walk, so I'm sure a lot of people will be be wanting to use that. So that was a project we've been putting off for a lot of years. We were able to put some of our ARPA funds towards that project, Mm -hmm. Uh, so we were definitely glad to get that one done. Um, In our water department, let's see, we we handled about 16 water main breaks last year, uh, 31 water service taps, 35 sewer main taps, and then we actually completed some tie-ins for both the Highland Middle School expansion project and the new primary school project on South Poplar. So those are uh, both a couple of exciting projects we got going on in the city. Um, Parks and Rec. I got a lot of stuff with Parks and Rec. So.
0: It, yeah, it seems like there's some really cool stuff that's been happening there.
1: All right. So Parks and Rec. We got uh, two new playgrounds this year. We got one out of Hoffman Park uh, and then a brand new one out of Silver Lake Park. The one at Silver Lake Park had been quite uh, some time coming. Uh, that one had been damaged by vandalism several years ago. And so, mm-hmm. uh, playground equipment is pretty expensive. And so <clears throat> sometimes it takes a little while for us to, uh, replace, uh, uh some of these, uh, pieces of equipment, but, uh, we we're very glad to get both of those, uh, installed this year. Uh, looking at some new ones for next year for Glick Park. Uh, let's see. Outdoor Pool had its 42nd consecutive year. That's quite an accomplishment, uh, for the Parks and Rec staff that, uh, uh, with the facilities there, that's, that's no easy feat. Mm-hmm. Uh, with second year of our uh, Thursday night concert series, uh, which was turning out to be a huge success. We're seeing several hundred people come into town each week. Uh, a lot of foot traffic on our square. You know, people enjoying the facilities we got up there. Uh, let's see, Silver Lake, we released 1,700 bass into the lake and continued our shoreline stabilization project with several hundred more feet of riprap projects around the lake. Um, And what's really kind of neat is we opened a kayak kiosk so people can rent kayaks and and kind of better enjoy the lake without having to own your own. So that's kind of a neat, neat feature. Uh, We had got a generous grant from the estate of Sheila Weber. Uh, The And with that grant, the rec center was able to make some improvements to their HVAC system. Uh, the UV filter. Uh, we added a UV filter to the pool to make it a little bit more of a comfort, more comfortable environment to, to use the indoor pool. We renovated the childcare area, and we able to purchase some new fitness equipment with it. So we're very appreciative for for that gift from, from Ms. Miss Weber's estate. Uh, let's see here, uh, public services. So uh, you know, a lot we we uh, require all of our employees to be CPR first aid trained uh and cuz obviously we're dealing with the public mm-hmm. and while you hope it never happens every once in a while you have an incident come up that they need to use those skills and so last spring we had a customer at the rec center that experienced a serious cardiac cardiac event at the rec center and so staff along with some bystanders uh, performed CPR and used the AED machine that's out there and they were able to restore his heartbeat so that individual actually survived the event, was eventually discharged back home and was able to uh, attend a council meeting where we were able to recognize those citizens and staff. So uh, we're very, very proud of, of, of that event, you know, from a public service perspective. That's, that's, uh, uh, that's definitely going above and beyond. And, and so we're very proud of both the bystanders, the citizens that stepped up, and our employees.
0: Yeah, that, that is a pretty amazing story.
1: Fortunately, we don't have too many of those stories, so. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's,
0: that's good. There, there was a, a story. One of the um, ENC drivers told me that they, they delivered a baby in one of the ambulances on the way.
1: We like, did. That. So that, that was uh, in EMS. I actually have that down as well. But yeah. we, we had a string where over the course of a couple months, we actually delivered two babies, uh, really? which was uh, very rare. That had not happened in Highland EMS in quite some time. Yeah both kids very healthy. So the, you know, the, the employees did a fantastic job. And so, but yeah, that's uh, uh, definitely kind of a flag in the, in the hat for, uh, for our EMS guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, and along with that, our EMS department, they taught nine public CPR classes last year. So that's training over 130 ci- uh, citizens on CPR. Um, and then they are actually started uh, teaching a, a first responder class where they had over 30 folks from our local uh, fire protection districts that attended uh, the first responder training. So uh, a lot of public service coming out of the EMS department there.
0: Is there uh, information on how to sign up for those events?
1: Sure, so uh, whenever we, I'm actually gonna talk about Highland Happenings app uh, here coming up, but uh, whenever we have classes coming up that people can sign up for, we're gonna push that stuff out on our social media and our our app, so. Police department. So the police department had a, a really cool case this past year where they were working with a regional task force uh, and were able to arrest uh, some regional car thieves. Uh, that we, They actually came to town. We, we, we dealt with them a little bit here. Uh, but our guys, uh, using a lot of very uh, uh, high-tech uh, techniques with, uh, with how they were pulling video and stuff like that, were able to track the folks down uh, over to the St. Louis area. Uh, resulted in the recovery of several stolen autos uh, and the identity, you know, identifying several suspects. So very proud of the police department. on That was a really smart ple- piece of police work. Um, HCS, so we've, we've completed our construction projects. So if you live in the city of Highland, you've got access to our fiber to the premises. You just got to give us a call. We can get you set up for an install. Uh, you know, we continue to be one of the few Uh, Communities in Illinois that offers a gigabit internet service. Uh, Electric department. So we've partnered with Ameren on their 138 kV line grid project. Uh, So this is, in addition to this being a a, a very significant and necessary grid project for the region, uh, we're going to get kind of the ancillary benefit of that project and that our connection to the grid uh, is going to be moving about 12 miles closer to town with a redundant feed. Mm-hmm. So this is a real win for Highland on our goal to provide reliable service to our citizens. So, yeah. uh, But we partnered with Ameren on that because they're, uh, part of their project uh, included using a section of our current uh, line that feeds town. So uh, pretty excited about getting that going. Uh, economic development. I got a lot of stuff talking about economic development. So.
0: Sounds like there's a... It- just from the other conversations I've had, there's a lot of new stuff
1: going on in Highland. There is a lot. So I'm I'm just going to try to hit some highlights here. I know I'm going to miss a few, but uh, just teasing. So uh, they moved to their new location in the old gift shop on the square next to Lee's uh, Jewelry. The bridal shop is expanding into the old Yogi's building. They should actually be open here in the next few weeks. Uh, we got a Gaucho Steakhouse, uh, which is uh, within a few weeks of opening as well. They're moving into the old journal printing building, uh, which if you haven't gone by to see it, it is all there. their construction is just about done. Uh, looks great, matches the square well. There's actually yeah. going to be a Airbnb on the second story, nice. uh, which will be really nice for events that are up on the square. Um, let's see. Then we got, uh, Roy and Kim Wells, uh, after that fantastic job they did on the Tulligans building, they're making progress on two neighboring buildings with, with, they've already got some plans for how they're going to use those. Uh, we did lose two buildings that, that, uh, once they got into them, they realized they were beyond saving. Um, so one of them was the Eagle Inn across from the, the post office. Uh, the other was the old Becker Insurance building. Uh, both of them, ironically, kind of had the same issue. And so once they got into them, they realized that at one point in the 50s or 60s, there had been somebody had painted the brick with a particular type of paint mm-hmm. that, uh, according to the architects they engaged, said as soon as they put that paint on, the buildings were doomed. And so really? it uh, the paint that they had used basically sealed the brick off completely. And so the brick then just absorbed moisture and then they kind of rotted underneath Basically rotted underneath it. So Mm -hmm. both buildings, they, once they got into them, they found brick that were basically just turned to powder. And so uh, structurally Mm -hmm. they just couldn't save them. So uh, Jan Cordy couch has purchased and is in in the process of remodeling the castle building on Broadway. Uh, So that's kind of exciting. That's, Mm -hmm. that's one that's been vacant for a very long time. The old Hallmark store has sold and is going to become a a dentist office. Uh, Dr. Alvarez, the chiropractor, moved his practice into the old financial planning office on Washington Street. Uh, Beauty on Broadway completed their remodel and opened a boutique as well. Cordy Meats has started their expansion into the old Wall Street Journal building, uh, which is Mm -hmm. very exciting. They've got some really uh, exciting plans to expand their offerings. Uh, MH Equipment, which is a kind of a nationwide uh, specialty uh, industrial equipment company, uh, they purchased and have moved into the former Trow Mix facility that was located on Ultraway Drive uh, next to Plant Maintenance Services there. Mm-hmm. Shoe Sensation filled a pretty big hole out at the Glick Northtown Mall, and, and they seem to be doing really good. Uh, the, that was a, a need that we'd seen in the community for quite some time. Just didn't have a shoe store, you know, and so it's kind of nice having one here.
0: We didn't. Back in the day we had Fry Shoes and then uh, Glicks did have a shoe store at one time on the end, but you know, they changed in, you know, different grocery stores and that moved in. So it's great to have something back.
1: It is. It is very exciting to see see shoe, shoe sensation in there. Uh, then we got several things during the works that we're going to hope are going to come to fruition over the next several months. So a lot of exciting stuff going on there. Uh, administratively, we've even got a lot of stuff going on there. So. I mentioned earlier, a Highland Happenings app, uh, which allows people to sign up for either email or text push notifications. Uh, so this is a really great service uh, that allows folks to sign up for only the information and notices they want. And so it's a very easy to use. You can sign up for it either from the app, from your app store, mm-hmm. it's called Highland Happenings, or you can go to our website and you can sign up there. Uh, and it's, and it's nice because we, we have it broken down that if you only want to see things about street closures or electric outages, you can sign up for just those notices. And so uh, it's very uh, uh, user-specific. So if you don't want to hear every time the rec center changes a class, you don't have to sign up for that, right? So, gotcha. Uh, so that's that's kind of exciting. Um but if, if for anybody that needs assistance, if they'd like to sign up for it and they're not comfortable with the technology, they can either just call or stop into City Hall, and we're, we're gonna we'll help them get signed up for it. So that that's a great service that we we offer now. Uh, let's see, we're also in the process of deploying some new back office software for the city, uh, and so uh, our current finance software, or that we have used for several years. Um, Ownership changed hands, uh, there just wasn't as much uh, innovation going into keeping it up to date. Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of falling off the radar. So we knew we had to, to make a change with our back office software. And so we chose a product that is going to allow us to better track information and data, which will help us in management decisions, financial management. Um, and with the end goal that uh, we should be able to put more information out on our website uh, yeah. and offer just more transparency for the citizens. So um uh, but uh, we're this is the first year of of the project probably going to be about a 3 year deployment so this is going to be a pretty pretty major project for uh, Angela Emming and uh, and Jackie Heinberger <laughs> and our staff to to get that thing installed so yep. it's a it's it's not an easy one but this is a, a it's very important to the city so um but then that's pretty much what I have for 2023. And then I've got some stuff for what we're looking forward to 2024 as well.
0: Yeah, so. I, that seems like an amazing year with all the things that you've accomplished. So I want to congratulate you on that. And then um, uh, what's coming up in 24?
1: Sure, sure. Well, so we're working with Representatives Charlie Meyer and Jay Hoffman on potential funding for upgrades to South Poplar. Uh, so this is to accommodate the new primary school that's being constructed. Uh, this is going to be a pretty expensive project to upgrade the road and, and put in gutters and curb and walking paths, uh, but it's a necessary project because we want to make that a, a walkable campus uh, you know, to the school, and so we're estimating that project's going to be about $2.5 million, uh, so we're asking them for a little help on that project from the state. Yeah. It's a little unique that where the school's going, that particular road doesn't really fall into a category of any of the traditional grant programs that IDOT has. So mm-hmm. that's why we got to work with uh, representatives Meyer and Hoffman on, on trying to secure some alternative funding for it. And so yeah. uh, but fortunately we've reached out to both of them. They, they understand the need for it. and so we're going to be uh, uh, working with them on that, starting the engineering uh, process so that way it, we could consider it a shovel ready product project with plans that are ready to go. So, but, the, but that's, that's one we're hoping to have funding in place and, and perhaps some plans by summer of 2025. So, okay.
0: so uh, they're going to start attending that school next
1: year, right? They're shooting for to, when they come back from Christmas break in 2025 to occupy the building. So okay. we won't have it done by then because we don't want to do the, the road project while construction's still going on. So we want one to get done first, but. That's why we're shooting for that first summer to try to get this project. Yeah. Okay. so That makes sense. Uh, let's see. We're hoping to start some repaving projects in the center of town uh, where we've got some roads that have not been completely redone in over 25 years. And so we've definitely gotten our life, our life use out of them. Uh, but they're getting to the point now where the repairs are just no longer viable. So this is going to be a multi-year project and plan for the council. Uh, first, Part of this plan is going to come to them in, a, in the form of the budget that's coming up this May one, mm-hmm. and so. But uh, I know you've probably seen in se- several sections of the road, several patches in different areas. Well, it gets to a point where when the road gets degraded so much, uh, there's nothing left to really patch to. Uh, yeah. So, I
0: like woodcrest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you got <laughs>
1: well. That's exactly right. Right in front of, right of where where you guys are. Yeah, that so we there. had that same thing happen, and so we had to take out the entire section and replace it. Yep. Uh, and so fortunately we've got the skill set in our street department that they can do that type of work and so
0: yeah that was part of the concrete that you talked about earlier was, yes was over
1: there. yeah that's right and it turned out great i mean yeah. that was definitely needed and uh, and we got a lot of of those smaller projects that um uh, it, it we can get a lot more of them done when we can do those in-house than mm-hmm. having to contract those out which costs us a little bit more money And so, but, uh, but yeah, we've got some fantastic guys in the street department that are very skilled that can do those projects for us now. So very excited about that. Uh, We are, and so this will be of of, uh, interest to our pickleballers in town. Uh, We're working with the Girl Scouts on turning the old tennis courts in Spindler Park into pickleball courts. Hmm. Uh, So this is going to be a combination of some city funds, uh, city workers uh, doing some of the work, and then some grants, and then also fundraising on their behalf to make this happen. Uh, but the the Girl Scouts put together a uh, design plan for how this is going to look. It's going to add a little bit of parking out at Spindler Park, which is also needed, yeah. uh, and to also accommodate the increased traffic. But uh, so, but the you know pickleballs become a very very popular sport for a lot of people, and and yeah, so I, very excited to be able to offer that.
0: I'm not a I'm, I don't really know the sport, so I'm, I'm kind of like. Now I'm interested. Maybe this would be a fun thing to do.
1: It's. I tell you what, I've uh, people who do it, they seem to get hooked. And it almost becomes an addiction. Yeah. So <laughs> they become very, very excited about it. So we're uh, happy to, to partner with the Girl Scouts and 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 make this happen and turn that, because the old tennis courts don't get a lot of use anymore. So turn this back into something, that an amenity that people can use. Uh, let's see. We're working on an extension of our TIF districts and the creation of a third TIF district that will encompass Uh, several of our recently annexed properties. And we're hoping that uh, with that in place, we'll be able to help us lure an additional hotel um, and fund some additional FEMA flood projects that are likely going to need to take place uh, in light of some of the flood map changes that are being made. So uh, I know there was a lot of discussion several years ago about what was happening with uh, the FEMA flood maps. Uh, They were looking to increase the the flood levels or flood elevations Mm -hmm. for... Uh, many of the, the, the major areas that were impacted are along the, the uh, Linden branch that's north of the railroad track. So actually it's the, uh, the FEMA culvert is just a little southeast of where we're sitting here uh, mm-hmm. on Woodcrest. Uh, and then that branch runs up uh, along just north of Wicks um, and then north of FCB where it then eventually crosses underneath Highway 40. And actually winds up uh, where it ends or where the the mouth of it is, is right up by the rec center on uh, where Plaza and and, uh, uh, Sportsman's Road intersect. So, uh, but that, that flood elevation is, uh, uh, they changed the, how they measure the rains. Uh, So they've changed it from a 24 hour span to a two hour span. And so, because, and that's reflective of the rains that we're seeing now. Mm-hmm. We're seeing fewer rains, but when we do see them, we're seeing them for shorter durations, but a higher intensity. Uh, and so, uh, that's why they've made the changes that they have. And so, we may need to look at doing some regional detention projects. Uh, and so, we're hoping that by having the TIF district in place uh, for a longer period, we'll be able to use TIF funds for that infrastructure. So, okay. uh, so that's what we're looking at with the TIF districts. Uh, the council actually authorized us to to start working with a consultant on that uh, at the last council meeting. Um, council is going to need to make a decision that, uh, coming up on our relationship with the Illinois Municipal Electric Agency. So we currently have a power purchase agreement with IMEA through 2035, um, and so but IMEA has always operated on a business model that includes long-term contracts for power, which provides more stability in pricing. Uh, and has worked out really well for Highland on our residents we pay about 20 percent less than our ne- uh, neighbors that are served by amarin and we aren't as exposed to market fluctuations so a couple years ago when we had the extreme cold freeze and, and you were seeing these exorbitant bills in texas and kansas and those areas mm-hmm. we didn't see that here because we have long-term contracts that Stabilize the price out, so we didn't we didn't get impacted by those market fluctuations. And so, uh, okay. but with us getting closer to that end date of 2035, it makes it more difficult for IMEA to negotiate long term contracts if they don't have purchasing authority past 2035. So uh, they're looking, asking the members to consider an extension, uh, which would allow them to. I, the ideal range is in the 20 to 25 year range. Uh, Because the projects for power production, so you're talking about power plant upgrades, uh, solar fields, you know, any of those uh, types of projects, they're very, very expensive. And so if you have to amateurize those over 10 years, the cost goes up significantly versus amateurizing them over 20 or 25 years. And so what they're looking for is the authority to be able to sign contracts beyond 2035. And so council uh, is going to be getting, they'll be getting a, a contract that they'll have to evaluate and decide if that's something that, that makes sense for the city of Highland. So, yep. so that's coming up. Uh, probably one of the more concerning things we're facing, uh, which is a challenge not just for Highland, but it's, it's a nationwide challenge, uh, EMS funding. And so <clears throat> there was a law that was passed many, many years ago, 2006, that capped Medicare and Medicaid uh, reimbursements for EMS services. And so uh, nowadays when an EMS truck rolls out and handles a Medicare or Medicaid patient, no matter what you bill, you're only getting paid back at about 2006 levels. And so that's pretty difficult to operate a service in 2023, 2024, when you're operating, when you're only getting 20, 2006 revenues. Um, and so that's made it very difficult to, uh, Funding for EMS. EMS is a little bit of a strange animal in that it's not a true uh, government fund because there isn't uh, there is a tax line item for it uh, of a quarter cent uh, that that funds EMS, but that is nowhere near close enough to fund their operations. So they're also kind of a hybrid enterprise because they also do generate money through billing, uh, but. Uh, that isn't enough to get to where we need to be to, to fund the service. And so, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we recently saw Pocahontas, old Ripley fire protection district had to, had to make a very difficult decision to stop operating and they turned their service over to rural med, uh, which is a private carrier. Um, uh, and it's, and it's all being driven by, uh, by revenues. And so, you know, if you don't have enough money to fund your service, it makes for some very difficult choices, and so yeah. uh, this is a a. It's it's not just an, a Highland problem. It's not just an Illinois problem. This is happening all over the country, um, and so it's it's a it's a federal federal revenue issue, a federal policy change that needs to happen. And so uh, I know we've been uh, lobbying many of our local federal legislators for the last mm-hmm. several years, uh, beating them to death with you got to fix this, you got to fix this, you got to fix this because it's hurting the service. Yeah. And- um, with
0: well, every year it goes by, the costs are going to go up and you take a, a, another service, it's going to take longer for, I mean, you're just adding time to emergency situations.
1: Yes. And so there's a couple different models in the EMS sector. And so we are, uh, we're considered a service model. So we prioritize having an ambulance available answer calls when nine one one comes right so Mm -hmm. you're at home you have an issue that comes up we've got somebody that can respond to get you to the hospital to get you to that higher level of care right um and so but then there's a business model which is what the private agencies run off of and theirs is to make money well the only way you're making money in ems right now is to gobble up as much service area as you can and so that you can uh Pull as much revenue as you can, but then you staff it with as few resources as possible. So you think fewer trucks to cover more area, which mm-hmm. of course increases response time and it, it impacts service. And so um, yeah. uh, it, it's, it, it's definitely an issue and it's uh, rural areas tend to see the problem more acutely than urban simply because rural areas tend to be an older population. So you see more Medicare, Medicaid claims in those areas, uh, whereas urban areas tend to be younger populations, tend to be tend to have insurance. Uh, so you don't see it as much to the same degree in urban areas as you do rural. We're kind of right on the cusp of, you know, you get east, south and west, you know, north of us, it, it becomes, uh, you know, very, very rural, very quick. Uh, but if you go west of us, it turns urban pretty quickly, and so we're, we seem to be right on that line of, of where it's impacting, uh, but it is making it uh, very difficult for, to maintain that service model uh, in EMS, and so, but uh, right now, we're working with uh, uh, the EMS union, and like I said, we're, we're continuing to lobby our, our federal legislators, uh, that they've, they've got to put a fix in, that they, they've got to figure out a way to fund EMS and not just yeah. in Illinois, but across yeah. the country. So
0: yeah. Cause that the other solution seems like temporary solution, not what we should be depending on. Yes. You have ever had to call an ambulance for your kid or your grandparent or whatever you, you want the response. You don't want to take the chance of waiting too long.
1: Well, it's funny you say that the last time that we met with uh, one of the Congresspersons, we, uh, uh, that was exactly what we told them that eventually it's going to happen to somebody you care about mm-hmm. and they're going to wait for an extended period of time for an ambulance because there's none available. And then you're going to, re- and then when you start asking why, you're going to realize it's a federal problem. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, but we're, like I said, we continue to lobby to help fix that. And, and, uh, and like I so said, we're working with our EMS union to try to uh, maintain the service level that we have here in Highland. So, that's, but that's, uh, that's, that's a big issue that we're, we're looking at in 2024. And so it's uh you know, like I said, we're, 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 uh, we're working on it and, and hopefully we'll find a solution. So, uh, but I, you know, you kind of mentioned, uh, earlier the, the employees and the, the street guys, I got to say, you know, we, we did accomplish a lot in 2023 and it's, you know, I wish I could take credit for it. I, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, uh, it, it's our employees that do this stuff. You know, we've got a, a wonderful group of employees that they enjoy serving the citizens. Uh, and yeah. you know, they, they, they do great. They're here every day. You know they uh, uh really enjoy serving the citizens and they do a great job with it so i'm very proud of what the employees have been able to accomplish so
0: yeah, yeah it seems like it's been a great year so we covered a lot of things today and i hope some of these things uh, uh, pan out to other people that that, that could focus on these and maybe help the process to you know for the ems or some of the other situations that we talked about um so in uh, regards to, you know, I, I, I feel like you've you spent all that time speaking today, so I don't want to <laughs> ask you with more words, but what's one piece of advice you could offer our listeners?
1: Well, I would say, you know, uh, right now, probably the two biggest things that are going to impact our citizens are going to be that I- IMEA contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Like I said, the, the current IMEA business model has resulted in, and we are on average, every month we get a, a uh, spreadsheet that shows the average cost of power to the citizens of Illinois. And so, it, and that's everything from those that are served in Northern Illinois by Chicago, from ComEd and, and PJM to those in Southern Illinois that are you know primarily covered by co-ops, municipal, electric, and and Ameren. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know on average, for the last 14, 15 months, Highland, we've been 20% cheaper than the the state average. And so yeah. we're pretty proud of that. And our, our employees are very proud of that because on top of being able to do that, it'll, it'll lower cost to our citizens. Um, our reliability has been very, very good. Uh, you know, our, our guys are doing a fantastic job uh, with their line clearing, sure. with, with our tree trimmers. Uh, their maintenance projects, keeping stuff up, and so uh, I see a lot of value in what IMEA provides to us as a municipal electric agency, and and uh, and so I, that's going to be a very important decision for our council. And so I think if you know the council, the direction they've given me is is we want uh, we want the electric service to be affordable, we want it to be reliable, and, and we want it to be sustainable. And so, you know, those are the three things that they they expect out of us. And that's the answers they expect from us. So that's what we're going to evaluate. And so I would say if people are happy with the service that they're getting through the electric department, uh, I would reach out and let your council members know. Um, And so, and then also this EMS funding issue. So, you know, this, like I said, this isn't just a, a Highland issue. I don't care where you live or who you're served by, this is a problem. If yeah. you ask whoever's providing your EMS service, they're going to tell you this is a problem. And so um, anybody that has the opportunity or the time to send their uh, Congress uh, persons or, or US senators an email, mm-hmm. uh, I would be telling them, hey, this is a problem and you need to get this fixed. And so, yeah. uh, because it's, it's a very important public service whether it's it's in and i consider it a public service whether it's provided by municipal government a fire protection district or from a private entity Mm -hmm. it's a public service you know people expect when they call nine one one that somebody's going to come and and so you know that's those are probably the two big things that if i was a citizen those are the things that i'd be paying attention to um and i would i would want answers i I would want my congress people to be telling me why why aren't you doing something about this yeah, uh, because this is a critical service for, for our citizens.
0: It is. Well, Chris, I appreciate you being on the show today to share with us this information. I think there's some important topics here, so if the listeners out there, if these are touch points in your life, which I feel they are, um, listen to Chris's advice and get involved and see, see what we can do. So I, I think there's there's positivity, even, even though... They may seem like, hey, this, these changes may happen, but there's still positivity in those things. So, um, well, uh, at this point in time, I feel like you've been a great guest and shared with us a lot of good things.
1: Well, thank you. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah. I, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of come out. You know, like I said, we don't have a, a whole lot of media out in Highland anymore. Yeah. So, any way that we can get information out to the citizens, I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah. So thank you for having me on.
0: Yeah, Dennis was like, hey, you got to call Chris. He's going to be a. I'm like, okay. I I got them on the list. I got them on the list. So as we roll through another week in January of 2024, remember the goals and aspirations you had at the beginning of the month, the beginning of this year, those are still true and you can do it. This is one of my favorite quotes from, um, that's a Chinese proverb by Hafiz. After all this time, the sun never says to the earth, you owe me. How about a love like that? It lights the whole sky. Thank you Bulldog Radio listeners and those who support the show. Have an excellent day and be the sun to our community.